Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. The Around the NFL Podcast will save your marriage. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler, Dave Damashek. You guys are still doing this, huh? Colleen Wolf. (laughs) What's up, people? (laughs) Some heroes. I get it. It's he uses not it all only. heroes. It's not all heroes. Right. Not 100 percent. 50 percent, maybe 75. This will go very smoothly, I predict, today. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, you know, we had our to quote a, a Shekism, uh, our steal a day mm-hmm. uh, last uh, yesterday, Wednesday, when we went to Chavez Ravine in the Dodger game. Uh, we had a great time uh, together and figured this might be a good spot. Wes is not available today. Greg's still on vacation or maybe murdered by Miko Grimes at this point. Oh, God. Uh, just to get the group and continue those good time vibes that we had. How about that? Let's do it. Yeah, it was a wonderful time. At, uh, I hate to start out with a correction, but uh, the I know the locals uh, <laughs> get miffed when people mispronounce Chavez Ravine. I always uh, say Chavez. I thought so that had I. more of a ring, but Chavez Ravine. But oh. either way, mm. a glorious time. That's right. When you're sitting under the Southern California sun in the middle of the week at high it noon. It was so nice. Drinking a beer, you're officially cheating life. It was wonderful. I did. There was a little cheating as well, I thought, in terms of, the fan experience, the old Zeuser got you. Uh-oh. Oh, there God. We go. Seriously, you were fine with it. You did not even say, put up a fight. In all my years, um, I have never left a sporting event early uh, until I got ganged up on four-on-one yesterday. <laughs> right. Everyone looking at bail. A 2-1 game in the ninth inning, uh, the Dodgers leading, uh, and and the Nationals put their first guy on base, like a line drive single down the first base line, tying one on base. Nobody right. nobody on, nobody out, and what are we doing? We're walking to the parking lot to, quote, beat the traffic. Well, hold on. One and word. get a beer. Right, one word, beer, because the game was so swift and how, how quickly it moved that they shut down as they do in the seventh inning, the beer, the beer sales, and it was only about 2.15. And at yeah. least three people of that group, I'm not going to say who, but at least three people only went to that event for beer. <laughs> so that you did get, you did get outruled. You're, you're correct. It I is, feel bad for you. It is one of those things that when some people like to go to the, the ball game and it's all about you know a big Yenta fest and everybody's gabbing and, and, and drinking their beer and <laughs> eating the Yeah, that's a baseball game. Fries, that's what you fun. do. Strike but, three, you're out. But I – am watching the game. In fact, I, I stole a moment, Dave, at one point, uh, some high-profile at-bats in the game, Bryce Harper against Clayton Kershaw. I said, I gotta get, I'm got i going to get by myself here and enjoy this. 
because I was there for the game as well. I respect that in broad strokes, Hanzoos. I, too, no matter how festive everyone else wants it to be. Often, if one of my teams is playing in a big, big game, people sure. say, hey, do you want to come over? I'm having uh, like 10, 15 people by. Like, no, I don't want to do that. I, I <laughs> The least I can do if Coach Tomlin and company or the Pittsburgh Penguins are chasing uh, another cup or, or whatever the issue I mean, the least I can do is give them my undivided attention. They've worked so hard these past months. Now, that brings me to this point, Hanzoos. Which mm-hmm. of those two teams were you rooting for? What do you care if the Dodgers or the Nationals you, did you, win? Yeah, That's did you have you a vested leave. interest in either team? I did, no. I mean, I would. I guess the Dodgers would be – I don't even want to say my second favorite team because it is. I am just a Yankee fan. But, yeah, I just wanted to see the conclusion of the game. I, I find entertainment value in that – Situation: Ninth inning, one run game, man on base. But I didn't lose sleep over it. I really didn't. Well, I just had never done it before. It felt a little dirty. I'm just, I'm just. It, that, did it feel dirty when we got in the car and just drove right out of there? That I felt cleaner at that point. <laughs> well, it, it worked out because as we were about to, we all none of us knew where our car was to start. But as soon as we found the car, you heard the game end. So had something you know pivotal happened, I think we would never be hearing the end of it. But it did work <laughs> out by circumstance, at least. I'll tell you this. You know, I, I am really uncynical about that every time I hear um, I love L.A. and you hear it at the end of every sporting event here in L.A. and beyond. I just all these years in the in the living in Southern California to continue the point. I still feel like on some level I'm cheating life. I can't believe yeah. that we're like, I love LA. Yeah, we did it. You know, and I know the song <laughs> is supposed to be satirical and yeah. yet I don't care. I I, I, I just I, I embrace it fully and without any irony. The thing I do resent though, Hanzoos, yes, is babe. the way is your tone of voice that you took when you were explaining our side <laughs> of things. The quote unquote beat the traffic as though you're some sort of uh Republican congressman doubting the veracity of, of whether or not we would have been in much worse traffic had we sat there for an extra 10 minutes. We would have been there for 45 extra minutes. Maybe. We'll never Instead, know. we went to your beloved nostalgic bar in Hollywood, Bird. It was and great. That was a wonderful yeah, it was time. Fantastic. Um, and Again, it, beer. So. And if you're, young, if you're younger or you're not familiar with the song, I Love L.A., we would play it for you right now. Uh, but the the really strict uh, rights issues that in this building, the esoteric viewpoint. Uh, but this is kind of what that song sounds like. So that's not quite. I love LA, but kind of like it. I don't want to co-opt this uh, this uh, your 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 baby here, Hanzoos, uh, yeah. named uh, the ATN podcast. Which, like I say again, good for you that you guys have stuck with it. Um, <laughs> Not only that, you've gone one step beyond. Dan Hanzoos has issued this very day the virgin run of a brand new podcast. Promote it here. Or are you not going to do that? Are you philosophically against that? Because you don't want to be charged with hypocrisy by Greg Rosenthal, Uh-oh. who a year or two ago did uh, have the temerity on this show to promote his Anthony Jeselnik and Greg Rosenthal vanity project. Yes, yeah, so the throwback podcast, the new podcast with my buddy Bob Castrone, where we revisit albums from our formative years. Uh, you can get it now on iTunes and uh, Throwback Pod on Twitter. Very excited to start that. And Greg and I will probably have to have a talk about that, but I, di- I will say I think so. there is a difference. Uh, he was coming into this studio oh, man. Uh, to record a football podcast, a competing podcast in my mind. This is a little different. This is a music podcast, totally different world, not on work hours. Recorded in your garage and about a completely different subject matter. Wow, in your and, garage? And Mark Sessler, who, by the way, not for nothing, we got to get the show going. This is a very Damashekian start to the show. Uh, Another dig. I don't under, I don't get the I, I don't get the passive aggressive <laughs> dig. I, I am not the only one with a new podcast, uh, a new side project. Mark Sessler and Connor Orr, the Heat and Light podcast. Is that correct? It is. We have no idea what it's about, but it's essentially <laughs> not about it's not about football. And so again, it is not competing for any uh, shared real estate. There Although I do typically, I will on my work time because I don't have. I will use work time for this. I'll see what Good. sort of high-ranking executive is not in the building. I'll go record it in their office. Oh, stick wow. it to them. Yours is about music, though, Hansu. It is. It's about yeah. The, the, Bob and I grew up together in the albums that we listen to. Not always albums that have uh, have held up and stood. The, the gin test of blossoms time. are the greatest. Oh, no, <laughs> exactly. you don't get that. You get two in the back of the head. That's episode three. <laughs> uh, Yes. Uh, anyway, so check that out. Thank you, Dave. Uh, let's do some news. And to do that, we got to throw it behind the glass. This is really what an interesting show this is because behind the glass, filling in for Sully, who was filling in for La Cid 
It is the great Emma VP making her around the NFL podcast debut. What's going on, guys? I'm glad to be the third string ATN producer. (laughs) Uh, Anything I can do. I mean, (laughs) technically, perhaps that's true. But at the same time, I don't think anybody thinks that Emma is a third stringer. A lot of of people believe she is a, a star in this building. Let's do some news. The New York J-E-T-E Jets. <laughs> so good. Uh, let's start. Well, we're going to get to the Jets, but why don't we start on the throne of ease, actually. A good place to start because Julian Edelman, a wise man Julian Edelman is because he is not going anywhere. He signs a two-year extension with the New England Patriots, uh, takes him through 2019. He had been due $3 million in the final year of his contract, highly team-friendly considering his production, um, but he's 31 years old. Don't know the terms yet, Mark, unless you saw them somewhere, uh, but Edelman sticking around the Pats at least another couple of years. Everybody wins. Not sure of the terms yet, but absolutely a deserving player. Let me give you three names. Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham. The only three players in the entire league that have averaged more receptions per game since 2013 than Edelman. I realize that Gronk is seen as the cornerstone of that offense, but considering how much of a wild card he is health-wise year after year, I feel like Edelman is the most important player to Tom Brady on that roster year after year. It's Tom Brady's favorite target. I mean, his Super Bowl catch alone deserves an extension. That catch was amazing, an amazing stroke of luck, if anything else. But he is the, the the way he plays in the postseason for them. He always comes up strong. I feel like he's always there for third down. He's always making that catch. People who want to be snarky and are, are doing it vapidly when they try to denounce the way the Patriots approach these things, namely those third contracts. The teams that are successful clearly are uh, understand when to cut bait with a player. So I was a little surprised based on the firepower that the Patriots are, are going to have with or without Edelman. What's curious is to try and speculate is, let's say Gronk is all the way ready to go, mm-hmm. and they have Dwayne Allen now, and they now have Brandon Cooks, and here comes Malcolm Mitchell. I wonder how many touches Edelman's going to get. He still is the go-to, like you say. He gets like 10 targets a game, it seems. So it'll be fascinating to see if this they, level of production continues into 2017. Maybe his targets will take a hit, but he has that mind meld with Tom Brady. Yeah. And whenever there a big moment is going on, and let's face it, Gronk is not always on the field. Uh, and if Gronk's not available or Gronk is getting double covered, it's always Edelman who makes the big plays we've seen time and time again. This is a great move. And I, I've said it on this podcast a hundred times, especially with wide receivers, the guys that, that hold out and they want the huge contract so they sign with some team that doesn't have a, a set quarterback or a, a a team that has a nice setup, and all of a sudden, yeah, you got more money early on, but then you get cut halfway into that deal, and then the deal you have to sign afterward, you end up losing money to go to a worse situation and mess up your career. Just stay where you and are. You're in the total abyss come January because you're stuck with more money on some team that's 4-12. and 12. Uh, Let's move on. Yes, uh, the Patriots are the best team in the league. My New York Jets, mm. there's a good chance they're going to be the worst team in the league. I'm coming hard on that corner. On purpose, Sessler. though. I, I'm they starting claim to claim that. We did this on purpose. Well, Dan, with the, yeah, exactly. With up. the way that they're operating, and I, it almost is the kind of thing that you think, does the NFL at some point say to the Jets organization, excuse me? Uh, <laughs> they're pulling it, a Sixers right now. It really is. It really is. Trust but the I, process. I'm going to let you come <laughs> sit over on this corner very soon. I mean, you're starting to win me over. It's. I mean, we'll see how Cleveland's rebuild truly is going once games are played. But uh, the Jets, this kind of bad timing for us. On Tuesday, David Harris uh, got cut loose and what was could have been handled much better by the Jets. A couple hours after that, uh, Mc, Mike McCagn, McCagnan, the general manager, told reporters that the Jets will either release or tr- or trade Eric Decker. So now, now we're in deep trouble. I mean, now we're well, we already were in deep trouble, <laughs> but now it's gotten to the point where I said on Tuesday show that they conceivably had cut ties with the five most important players on the team. Um, last year, uh, this time, Decker would be number six. Maybe Nick Folk would be seven. All these guys are gone. They didn't make any big additions. Uh, and there was a tweet that um, moved the sticks. Daniel Jeremiah sent out yesterday that he talked to a... I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. A AFC scout or a talent evaluator of some time who, who believes that the Jets might have the most talent-poor roster in the last decade. Mm. So these are dark times, and you start to think that my fear that the Jets will somehow stumble into five or six wins, I don't see them sniffing anything like that, number one. And number two, 
I'm, I'm, I have a little bit of an 0-16 fear at this point. At this point in time, I don't want that, but I do want the number one pick. So be careful what you wish for, I guess, is the lesson. Well, and by the way, let history, let's today make sure we acknowledge that this trend did not start with the 2017 Jets. It started with the 2016 Cleveland Browns. Hugh Jackson wore it. This is what we're going to do. We're going down. Better days lay ahead, all that kind of stuff. So it is now a pattern, Sessler, to your point, or like the Sixers started and many NBA teams have done over the decades to do this. Is this the start of an ugly trend? One and two – is it inadvisable, ultimately? Not really. I mean, aren't you willing to trade after years uh, in the muck and mire at the bottom of the AFC East, Hanzoos? Aren't you willing to trade a year? I, I don't know philosophically. Because I think it's more than a year. Though. Even if you do get that quarterback of the, the next draft, this is a, a teardown. And now you're essentially an expansion team. That, and if, when you've been around 60 years as a franchise, you're not supposed to ever get to this point where things are this dire. And it's just it's just the way it is. It's very sad. And you go ahead. Well, no, the one the one distinction I see, and I and believe me, I think Dan, if you go through a bad year and you come out of it with the quarterback, that someone say some will say some of these quarterbacks in the next draft come around once every ten years, fifteen years. That will be worth it for Jets fans long term if it pays out. That you can't. I think Cleveland's in New York's, and in Cleveland, it's to some degree lucked into this, uh, but it was also a focus that there was adding multiple draft picks over the next two, three years. And, and, and the Jets have not – that's the part that they don't have. So they have to – they literally have to tank to get this quarterback. It is amazing that it's June and you have these two wide receivers now on the uh, – now just free agents, basically. You have Jeremy Macklin and Eric Decker, and you're looking at teams that, well, who could really use some wide receivers? And the Jets have Quincy Anunua now and Robbie Anderson. Like, they're one of the teams that are most wide receiver poor. And reached out to Steve Smith. If you're do, yeah, that's all. That's the one weird thing, and and not as splashy a name or success or anything else. But Hanzus now as the Jets representative here, what would you like to see them do at QB? Do you go McCown? Do you go with the steady vet? That's a weird move if you're trying to tank. You don't get rid of David Harris, and you don't get rid of Eric Decker, who are respected veterans. Uh, and then start a respected veteran quarterback. You got to go all in. I feel like, and the idea of selling the fan base on Josh McCown after you made these two moves is even harder to do. Exactly right. Uh, yeah. So, and you know, I had to. It was very important after this latest stuff gave, came down. I had to check in with my dad, Keith Hansis, uh, to see where he's at. Again, my dad likes to have fun on Sundays watching the Jets. He, the idea of a total teardown. He's a savvy fan. He knows it's good to have better days ahead. But nobody wants to sit through 2-14, and 14, and that's what we're staring at. Let's see what Keith has to say. His name is Keith. His dad's dad. No doubt about it, he's a big Jets fan. What is he going to say about the game today? What is he going to say about the game today? Yeah, this is Keith. Yeah, the release of uh, David Harris and the, the upcoming release of Decker is just very disappointing to me as a Jet fan. Uh, obviously, uh, Cole Bowles has no, uh, he's not buying into this. I think they're hanging him out to dry, unfortunately. Uh, and their trend of just cutting veterans just for the hell of it. It just, to me, it, the biggest thing that I see out is this, is it's testing a fan base to the point of, you know, what are we doing here? Uh, we're trying to be the worst team in the league. Uh, I don't see anything positive on cutting some of these guys uh, right now. But uh, anyway, very disappointing. Uh, I'm not happy with the GM. McAgnon has not shown me anything. And uh, this could be the end of him. All right? Take care. Bye. All right. I feel like I know what it's like to be in trouble by Keith Hansis. Like, <laughs> just be lectured by him. This is like the same like sort of phone call he'd have with your mom, like, oh, you know, in 1992 about like a math test you had. Yeah, totally, totally possible. Let's move on. Jeremy Macklin has left uh, the Ravens without a deal following a surprise release by the Chiefs on Friday. A lot of people connected the dots there because of uh, Marty Morinwig and, and their uh, shared DNA and shared history. Uh, but that didn't happen. I wonder, by the way, if Eric Decker, his sudden arrival on the market or soon uh, arrival on the market is why the Ravens are pausing here because he might even be a better fit there. Decker can help a team, by the way. Oh, he didn't yeah. really get into that. But Decker, if he's healthy, the hip and the shoulder, um, he was an absolute stud 
2015, and he's only 30 years old. Same with Macklin, though, too. Wasn't that his big year, 2015? Yeah, I, yep, got, I mean, two years they're both solid options that pop up on the market at this time, that's for sure. And in other uh, Ravens new, uh, we're in the Ravens' nest, by the way. Yes. <laughs> every, t- every time I hear Again. a crow, I think of that now. <laughs> Endlessly in this nest. Been in the Ravens' nest a lot lately, and you cannot complain. We get a lot of complaints from Ravens' can. fans, Shaq, that we don't go talk Ravens enough, and it's like an every show thing now. I'm I, I my uh, my uh, listeners go one step further. I hate every team, including this game. <laughs> and in other Ravens news, uh, Dennis Pitta was released by the team. So if uh, if you had any hope that maybe that was not such a serious injury, it's just as bad as, as the team had feared. Uh, he has been released by the team, uh, so they uh, needed a roster spy, spot, uh, and now he gets to decide on his future. Um, Isn't it crazy, that. though, that you you think about, you know, it, it's very easy in June to look at a roster by itself in a vacuum. Very few teams, the Jets uh, notwithstanding, most teams you would say, well, this is that team's year. When you look at the roster and the additions, you feel like, oh, this team's well positioned. But really, there are, t- we talk about the Patriots, the Steelers, the Bengals, the Raiders have this overwhelming firepower on offense. And then you look at these other teams that just can never seem to land a wide receiver. I'm looking at the Rams as a for instance yeah. off the top of my head. Why are they not falling all over themselves to get uh, if if you're the Rams right? Why would you not be chasing Decker and Macklin? Well, there right. is like Mike Garofolo reported when it came when it comes to Macklin that, that around maybe even five teams would be chasing Macklin, and, and we know of a couple of them because they've already had meetings, but we don't know who the others are. You'd like to think it would be the Rams because what are you telling your fans? Here's the difference, That's the though. That's the point. It's the exact opposite of the It's Jets the opposite. Situation. Here's the one thing, though, is that you look back at that coaching staff. They could not develop all those draft picks they had at wide receiver, any of them from Tavon Austin down. Maybe there's some hope with the new coaching staff that the offense, Sean McVay, the receivers will be a little bit better. One quick thing on Baltimore. If they somehow don't land Decker or Macklin, that is an off-season disaster scenario because they, they have nothing at this position. That's why we've been in the Ravens' nest half the time. Yeah. to talk about that. This has fallen into your lap. You have to make it happen. Yeah, you have Mike Wallace and Brashad Perryman. That's the, You're those hoping are your, Perryman. Yeah. yeah. In a division, exactly. I always I always like the philosophy of zigging when the rest of the division is zagging. But like I say, Cincy and Pittsburgh are now officially loaded offensively. How are they, as much as they've improved their defense in Baltimore, how are they really going to ultimately keep up and score enough points against those division foes? I'll tell you. Say. I'll tell you how. His name is Justin Tucker. Oh Anybody that's sleeping on Tucker, you get – I'm telling you, you get on the other side of the field between the 40 – not going to put it – get to midfield. Get right at midfield. Even get to your own 40. He'll put it through the uprights. <laughs> your love Seven affair with Seven to ten times a game. Oh, it, ke- it keeps out of control. He, last show, he needed <laughs> nine field goals a game. Now it's ten. It keeps getting more bleak but for both. Has any that's team – ha- answer this, and I'm – you know. That's this. Has any team actually featured their field goal kicker before as the focal point of their offense? No. No. But if the Ravens do it and he kicks 10 a game, that's 30 maybe. A couple of years ago, Cleveland signed Andy Lee as the centerpiece of their offense, a punter who was traded. <laughs> I'll do you one further there, Hans. Yes. I think that Justin Tucker is contributing to a real problem, an ongoing one, in pro football, football in general. The framers of the sport never intended <laughs> – to have guys run out on the field and make 50-plus yards with any regularity. (laughs) I mean, you know, in in 1960, Paul Hornig was the kicker for the Packers and made about uh, one-third of his field goal attempts. Pat Summerall forced overtime in the 58 championship. Pat Summerall did that. You know, you you ran out one of your position players to do the head-on kicking, and maybe they could make a 35-yarder about half the time. The game is warped as a result of these guys who don't do anything for for fifty eight point six fifty eight point five minutes of the game. They trot out and they're the ones deciding the game. But Brian Baldinger, not hyperbolically, says Justin Tucker is the greatest kicker of all time. I'm inclined to agree. By Called the way, real human quick, evolution on Jeremy Macklin. Yeah. I would not be surprised if he does end up in Buffalo just with the Sean McDermott and Andy Reid connection. I know that those two had talked, and that was Sean McDermott's coaching mentor back when he was in Philadelphia. And you have LaShawn McCoy on the team. McCoy and Macklin were boys in Philly, and I know that he's been actively recruiting him as well. So that would not surprise me. Well, he's me. just been married. You have to try to explain to your wife we're moving uh, you know, to Baltimore, <laughs> where, or to, to Buffalo, Buffalo, where it's about four <laughs> degrees for five months out of the year. Colleen? Yeah. Good point. 
but I saw you trying to move things away from it. I, I was like, I'm not going back don't, into the kicker don't discussion. Love don't love that <laughs> decision. Oh, God. Folk. Two men enter, one man lives. Very exciting. It's like the ad campaign for a horrible blockbuster movie. Moving on, the Titans have some <laughs> issues, some minor issues. Uh, injuries, though. Running back to Marco Murray and second-year wide receiver Tajay Sharp. Uh, Murray un- recently underwent a hand procedure on a minor nagging injury, according to uh, the Titans, uh, and he's in a cast. He'll be fine for training camp, we're being told. And Tajay Sharp, what's going on with Tajay Sharp, Mark? You, you wrote this banger. He's got something going on with his foot, yeah, he had a right? mi- Yeah, he had a minor surgery. Well, no, a minor. It'd be the surgery. And uh, two words, who cares? They're both going to be fine by training camp, according to the coach. They I, they, the desk asked me to write this, and I, and I didn't want to put up a fight because I had <laughs> been, thrown I, up your veto. Well, I've been one. very unproductive today at work in general. So <laughs> I said, I will do this. It is news on some level, but I mean, they're going to be fine by late July. Yeah, right. the, the DeMarco Murray injury, it was uh, his ring finger. It happened week two of last season, and he's just now opting to have surgery, I guess, because he thought it was going to heal, and it just didn't the way that he wanted it to. So let's now keep, he got it done. Let's keep moving. Trope alert. Trope alert. Trope alert. Emma getting Trope a run alert. back there today. She's doing a nice Trope job. Trope alert. <laughs> Emma, have you ever thought about your long-term plans in this company? Yeah, she has. I know she has. What, what are they, Dave? She wants to uh, make like uh, like Odell Beckham and the Giants are currently talking about. She wants to uh, you know she wants to wear one uniform for her entire career, <laughs> wearing that DDFP across her chest. I asked Emma. She, yeah. Like you mentioned, she listens to every show of ours. Every single show. I asked her before the show who her favorite member of the show was, and she provided the correct answer. She did. I said it was Mark. Yeah. That- so. You know, points being scored all over the place. I, do you know well, before she, you she know left, what? I asked Sydney who her favorite uh, ATNer was too. And what'd she, what'd she say? say? I don't want to tell. Uh, but I did ask her, and she did, in fact, answer. <laughs> did she really? She really did. Well, you have to. I need wow. to know. Save for the Sydney reveal podcast. <laughs> um, that was smart, and I know why Emma did it, because she is cunning. And she believes it. Mark does does occasionally bump heads with all of our producers. Right. And as a, uh, an every show listener, Emma knows how to play the I game. I like how Hanzu exactly. diffuses the compliment quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Undermines it like, you know, <laughs> the reason yeah. she did it, she had to say that. He's yeah, like, yeah. Cecil's going to cry otherwise. <laughs> no, no, Emma, Emma is an honest person. That I can tell right off the bat. She gave an honest answer. So let's, that's where the subject ends. It ends right there. Uh, let's bring back the trope alert. Let's get back on track here. Oh, trope, alert. trope alert. Carson Palmer. Trope alert. His arm looks, quote, stronger than ever. Of course. According to Bruce This Arias. is the other story I wrote today. <laughs> Some bangers today. 37 years old, probably not true. I'm just going to say that 37, his arm is probably stronger at 27. Well, all right, here was their explanation that starting last year, remember, he played very well down the stretch. They started giving him that veteran quarterback Wednesday off. And that it, it it aided his arm, and then and then they basically did not have him throw in all of March and April, and or in the early OTAs. And they're saying that now he said something. He's dropping fifty-five yard dimes in a bucket downfield, so it's stronger now. Okay, whatever. More trope alerts. <laughs> trope alert. Saints running back Adrian Peterson wants to play until he's thirty-seven, comma thirty-eight. Uh, Colleen, that's nice, but. Will the NFL have him? It took him a long time to get a job at age 32. Yeah, I don't know like what exactly he's going to be able to do this year in New Orleans, but I feel like this may be his last year. I don't. Whoa. I don't know about that, but whoa. Yeah, I'm just gonna. Good thing Wes isn't here. Wes would prediction. Wes would literally bite your head off. Or yeah, something. I know. The willingness to to promote and embrace Adrian Peterson and the abject rejection of other guys in the league for their off the field behavior confuses me at best and I'll leave it at that. I'm a, 38 this is this is one of the great heroes in pro football. What I disagree. Why also are there three uh, three a veterans? A little bit on Mount Pius, just a little bit. Yeah, that's it's pious to to not to, I mean if nothing else it's inconsistent, right? Okay. Adrian Peterson is the face of all that's good. Mm. Other guys aren't in the league. Hmm. Many would agree. Yeah. Why are there three or four or five, six stories like this every single offseason about player X wants to play till age late 30-something? Enough. Well, it's also like really tough for a running back to sustain that long at a high level and to, like 
37, 38 years old, I mean, you're taking a beating when you're out there. And finally in the news, a weird uh, trend in the NFL this week. It started with a, a Devon House, the defensive back for the Packers, who missed his connecting flight in Minnesota. So he sent out a tweet asking if there were any Packer fans uh, making the ride from Minnesota down to Green Bay. And sure enough, two brothers picked him up and drove him uh, to, uh, to Titletown. That was an interesting story. But poor, poor Mr. House, he only got two days uh, wearing the crown as the player with the best road trip story this offseason because here comes, Mark, Sharice Wright, uh, the Bills cornerback who missed a connecting flight, this time in Chicago. These connecting flights. Oh, O'Hara oh. is the worst. Uh, so what does he do? He calls an Uber. The Uber driver uh, comes to pick him up. He thought he was asking for a ride to Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, but then he kept his word. He said, I came to pick you up. I will take you there. And he drove the man from Chicago to Buffalo. Five-hour trip. It cost um, over $600. And then right fairly uh, pumped him up with a $300 tip for, for all his um, his effort. And uh, he made it to Bill's practice two minutes before it started. At oh, six, my. 6.58. God. What was the fare, though? I, that, that, uh, it, we know the tip amount, but what would be the fare from I think I believe about six, 600? About 600? It was, uh, I believe, 6.32, something in that range. I think you could have tipped them more, actually, right? Well, a lot of times, yes, because a lot of times got to drive back. That's what I was going to ask. If you're an Uber driver, two little issues with this story. It's a very nice story, but when when you when you when you take an Uber, you have to very clearly provide the address where you're going so that the drivers can lobby amongst each other to say who's going to take you. So unless there was an incredible spelling mistake or something, Buffalo Wild Wings would not seem to. No, they don't know where you're going until you get in the car and they start the trip. No, you can program it in. I though, thought right? you Uber drivers can't. Uh uh-uh. uh. I mean, I always say, "Here's where I'm going," and then they so they so, so they get in, and he's going to see when when he gets in the car though. If he's Buffalo Wild Wings, when he when he looks it up, he's going to see a blue line that goes to upstairs, you know, Western New York. <laughs> that's going to throw you off. And then he might have you- just seen because it was such a strange request that he might have just seen Buffalo, and he's probably made that drive a dozen times and and just wasn't looking. Close. Well, just fair enough. But then as the life of an Uber driver is you're, uh, you ask him how far I go, uh, I go up to West Hollywood, or I'll maybe go out to Pasadena and back. But like, how are you winding your way back from from? Buffalo to Chicago, you don't have any guarantee to picking people up and taking them 200 more miles. It happens once in your career. Yeah. Sessler, you get to choose one NFL player to drive. You're the Uber driver across the country. Who would you most want it to be? All I'm telling you, there's an NFL or who do you hope opens that back door and jumps in? It has to be a player. Could it be a coach? Yeah, let's say it's a coach if, if you want. Who's about- a fun answer? I, I think Wade Phillips would be a fun guy he to would pick be, up. Yeah, oh, Bruce Arians fun. all day. Ooh, that's a smart one. That's a good one, too. Yeah. I like that very much. I don't really – I can't think of too many players that I want. Maybe maybe Tom Brady. I know Dan will oh, like that, but – That would no, be terrible. I think he'd I shut you down. He'd, he'd, yeah, he would ask for Ooh. privacy after you ask him two questions, then you'd have to ride in silence for the remaining – That's a great five. answer by Colleen. Joe Thomas. Yeah. Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas has emerged into quite a – it's fun-seeming guy. I think yeah, that's a great answer. He's a lot of fun. He'll let you know, too. Yep. He's a fun guy. Great answer. Oh, God. But you get to Damn. go with him because you came up with it. <laughs> um, I'm with Hanzoos. I'm not saying that about Joe Thomas, but there's some people out there in the league that like to let you know how funny they are. Right. That's usually a red flag for how funny they actually are, and they want to let you know how I don't think he's are. propping him up, himself up as some sort of stand-up. Perf- another perfect example. Not him. He's yeah. not in the league anymore, but Pat McAfee. Yeah. Well, that's I'm sure totally different. A yeah, popular yeah. answer, a lot of people, oh, Pat McAfee, number one. Well, yeah, I'll take a pass. <laughs> I'll take Malcolm Jenkins, by the way, right now. Is that the mm. best answer, MOVP? Yeah, he was really funny. I like Cliff Averill, though. Cliff Averill. There you go. Yeah, you can all listen. If you dig up an old podcast called Dave Damashek Football Program, you can find Oh, by the way, can yes. I promote that hand? Do it. We In, in uh, the most recent uh, episode of DDFP, Ladies Night, Kay Adams, Cynthia Freeland, Hello. and one Colleen Wolf. Yep. Surrounding damage. Right. I was. I, I've never been so nervous in all my life. We took a what lovely an picture together. That's been tweeted out all over. Very awkward shot. Like the most awkward <laughs> that's ever happened. <laughs> um, that's what's happening in the news. Yes, make sure you check out DDFP. But you might be new to the show, this show, and you don't know. That's where Zeuser and Sizzler got our start. That's the right. Back end of the DDFP.
little eight minute. I think at most it stretched to about thirteen minutes, probably to the annoyance of many listeners. Can but, you uh, run those Maybe back if again? I can bury that. Yeah, if I bury them way back there, and then they'll never get hungry for <laughs> their own show. That was my strategy, and boy, did it backfire. <laughs> Greg famously asked, Dan, told Dan and I over the phone one time after listening to one of our little uh, debate club segments, <laughs> asked us to think about being professional before we went down the road of doing a podcast. <laughs> That's amazing. Really? Think about that. I want everybody to just think about that for a second. I just need to work on it a little. I don't know. Well, that's, I mean, he. I'm accustomed to championship level uh, people. Elevate your underwear game to the next level with MeUndies. What is MeUndies? Just seriously saw feel-good undies delivered right to your door. MeUndies are designed in L.A., and made from sustainably sourced. Check. What's that word? Micromodal. A fabric three times softer than cotton. MeUndies softer than soft. Luxe. Undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns. So you can tailor your undies to your own personal style. Ah! And guess what? 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 You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. And if you're not ready for subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, and it is special, MeUndies.com slash around the NFL, and get 20% off your first pair. So go ahead, revamp your underwear drawer. You deserve it. Once again, that's MeUndies.com slash around the NFL. MeUndies.com slash around the NFL. And, Mark, yeah. I think we have to thank all the listeners. Oh, yeah. Yesterday was Underpants Day uh, for the Around the NFL podcast, and, and and people responded in droves purchasing underpants. On the way to the Dodgers-Nationals game, uh, did a little live periscope about that, and then Colleen put out a somewhat dem- devastating video that <laughs> starred two of us in it, unfortunately. Uh, but the f- inflow all day long of people saying, listen, I just went and purchased underpants. I mean, it was probably... I don't know how many people it was, but I've never encountered – I've never had anyone ever tell me that they just bought underpants. So it was quite a unique day. They're very soft. Is it they ju- really it's are. not just Lugs. for dudes, though, right? No, no. That, I mean, if you go look at their, go look at their Instagram page and you okay. find out what this whole thing is about, it is definitely not just for dudes. I'll leave it right there. What Mark's saying is, is – <laughs> Tell me. Go to the website. Definitely. It's – Make sure you turn your private browser on and then go to that website is what Mark said. They have Incognito. An, they have an active Instagram page. I will put it that way. Highly okay. active. Uh, so, yeah, ladies underpants. That's also on the grid. Check it, it out. So thank you to all the listeners, as always. But you're going to be thanking us once you get that shipment. My God. Great underwear. Those underpants are unbelievable. All right. <laughs> My God. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, they so- held me just right in all the places I needed it. <laughs> oh. So this is this this stem from a conversation. That, by the way, is Damashek's impression of Dan that he'll do throughout the office. Spot on. It is. It, I mean, I always enjoy it. it. It is starting to edge heavily into Andrew Dice Clay territory now, where there's almost no difference. I think it's more Jack offensive. Jack and Jill, go up the who. <laughs> The the extra layer of insult with uh, my impressions is, or people seem to take in. I'm a terrible impressionist, you see. I tormented our pal Hans oh. Hank at oh the baseball God. game. <laughs> this this took on an oh, edge no. at some point by ta- talking like him for the vast majority. <laughs> well, he would say it was not like him. You would say it was like him. Don't play at war, boy. <laughs> <laughs> there was. I don't know, and and if if you are a listener to both our show and the Dave Damashek football program, maybe this is something that pops up. But it was behind the scenes. Actually, I, I have an exclusive here. This is an ATN Media Insider exclusive, which I ATN you know. ATN Media Insider Insider Insider. For the truth, go to the zoo. Gotta have a dolphin in there. This much hyped show that Dave did with three women of uh, the NFL media landscape came at the expense of one Henry Hodgson who came to the studio believing he was on the show only only to be sent away. Are you serious? The disrespect of a a principal cast member. How do you answer to that? Again, triple sourced, always triple sourced. How do you answer to that? Dave Damashek. 
Well, you know, I uh, th- it came together on Monday that uh, that Kay Adams, I, I didn't know she was in town. Of course, one of our favorites. We had a magical podcast with her and Kyle Brandt in Philadelphia around the draft. And when I saw that she was around, I immediately said, well, we must have you back on the show. ASA AMP, she agreed. And then towards the end of the night, Kay said, are you going to be in there too, Colleen? And she said, oh, I'd love that. And then it was Colleen. Is that how Kay. Colleen said that? Are and you it, saying that I just like jumped in no, no, on Kay, this party? Kay, Kay I, you invited me. Right. I, Feels Kay, as welcome as I said, oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and then Cynthia Freeland heard that and said, wait, you're having Colleen and Kay in? What about me? And I said, well, that's fair. Let's do that. And then, of course, there are only four seats. So what else are we going to do? <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. Many times, and Colleen, you could vouch for this, we have had five seats in here. That's too many. And we, that, we, we sometimes will put somebody behind the glass. That's The handsome's better than that, though. He deserves better than I think being handsome, a fifth wheel. He wouldn't have won. I think he, he deserves better than that, but you just sent him away? I, I actually didn't. <laughs> I, I had no idea of any of this until the show had uh, come and gone. And then I ran into handsome, and he said, oh, well. Hello, David. Suddenly, it's Margaret Thatcher. Oh, did you have a good time with the ladies? <laughs> you know, I was bumped. I was bumped. That was the most. You lassoed the three ladies and kicked me to the curb. <laughs> that was the most odious aspect of it, though, that you never even I had no showed idea. him the respect to tell him that he wasn't going to be on the show at all. I didn't even know I get that it. he was booked or not booked. I had to do that for him, Dan. Uh, I felt really bad. And, uh, you know, he knows. Not for nothing, but, you know, people disappear from Sheck's show, you know, after a while sometimes. <laughs> is Henry the next guy to go? You got to wonder. How is – That's it, the spinning forward. That's a spinning that's forward true. story. That's true. And, and it, where, does, where does it end with the non-invites? How does Ju- Judy Batista, how does Amber Theo Harris – I mean, go on and on with people that were not part of this, this episode – uh, incredible female journalist. We had four where, chairs. That here. was how many were filled. <laughs> Let's move on. You've very, opened a can of worms. Very interesting. Put it that way. Put it that way. I think a great we've pack. had Amber Theo Harris on before. We've had Lindsay Rhodes. You know, we're doing all right. We're, well, we're we doing have all to. right with our gang. Uh, let's talk about, but by, by the way, there is a report out there. I, I should also add, since we just talked about it, uh, Bert Breer, who used to work with us, now he works over with Peter King, cites a source that the Jets have had trade talks with the Ravens and others on Eric Decker, uh, Decker remains on the roster. So oh, that's right. Track yeah, that. They haven't even officially dumped him. Right. As of yes, tracking that situation. All right. Now, let's talk about this. Now, we are in the, you know, we're about to go into the true dark period of the NFL offseason after mini camps wrap up. Um, but through this point, there are now teams that are have established themselves as the quote-unquote buzzy teams, you know, a little buzz yeah. around them. Heading into 2017, the teams that a lot of the pundits seem to be on the same page are on the rise. Uh, conversely, um, there are the teams that e- are either getting no buzz at all um, or are being spoken of in a really disparaging way as a, a team teams that should be completely overlooked this season. Now, the one thing we know, we learned from following this game, is that the pundits are usually wrong on multiple things this time of year, us included, and... There's always the teams that everybody thinks are going to be good. There's always going to be some that, that fall and they, they falter. And the teams that are going to be bad uh, turn out there's a couple teams that are either competitive or outright good. It happens every year. So let's talk about teams that we think, uh, Mark, and we'll start with you uh, one way or the other, a team that's going to surprise the football cognoscenti. Well, uh, this team was last year's offseason darling. And it's, it's to some degree a little less so this time around because people, I think, feel burned. But if you do, if you do go read about defenses, offenses, ready to jump up and jump out, the Jaguars still get mentioned. And you look at their defensive roster, and maybe there is a reason for that. You've got Dante Fowler. You've got Malik Jackson, Telvin Smith. You added A.J. Bouye. You've got Jalen Ramsey, who I think is a future All-Pro. Kalias Campbell. So the pieces are there. But, A, you also have the Blake Bortles situation. And, and until we have any evidence that he's improved on any level from last year, don't try to convince me that a quarterback-less team is going to make some giant leap. And secondly, when we saw what the Falcons did two seasons ago, where they got out of the gate real hot and then it fell apart, the DNA was there for a team that showed it could put together long win streaks. For me with the Jaguars, I get that Tom Coughlin's there. They're going to be tough. They're going to be on time. That's all very nice. But you have to show... 
something, I think, in the previous season. Some, all, a lot of these players were on Jacksonville's roster last year. Nothing came together at all. I, I don't be- really believe that a team like Jacksonville is going to suddenly go from three wins to 10, 11, or 12 and become this playoff-heavy I don't even see them above the Titans on any level. The Titans are a much more appealing team to me. So Jacksonville, to me, still, if there's buzz around them, and there is, I don't buy it. Not yet. Good rule of thumb, as you point out. When all the football universe is jumping on a a, a bandwagon of a team that's never done anything like they did in 2016 with the Jags, kick it down the road by one year. The Jags, I disagree with you, hmm. will, in fact, rise up. They will pay off some of uh, some to what of degree? The, of the optimism that we've been hearing out there. I, it, it, that division is rugged. What were they, I mean, three think about that division. Three and 13. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they, you know, they get up near eight, nine wins, sort of what Did the, you call the AFC South rugged? I, I mean, it's competitive. That's not, not, uh, not, I don't mean yeah. physically rugged necessarily, but I do think that you have potentially, if you think about it, the Texans have one of, and maybe even by year's end, the best defense if J.J. Watt can fully bounce back. That defense is going to be dynamite. And now the Jags, as you say, Sessler, at all three levels are loaded. The only question with the Jags at this point is Blake Bortles and a shoddy offensive line, not something to sleep on, but you would imagine the way Tom Coughlin and everybody keeps pointing out, you know, he's not the head coach. He's not... Yeah, well, he's in there, and he's over the head coach. You think he's not going to impart some knowledge and apply what he did with a young Eli Manning to a young Blake Bortles? Namely, somehow, I don't know, it's simplistic to say he'll be able to get in the kid's ear and and, uh, control some of the more errant throws, but I do think he has a track record for that, and the philosophy will be grind him on the ground and play style defense and dominate. Watch out for the Jags rising up a little bit here. I was completely with Sessler on the Jags because – the thing with the Jags is like, yes, that's great that Tom Coughlin is there and it will lend itself to be them being a little more rugged of a team and a little bit tougher. But the biggest problem with that team is the quarterback and it's still Blake Bortles going into this year. And that doesn't give me any confidence in the team at all. Like maybe they can run the ball and maybe they can cover up some of his deficiencies, but he did not – his footwork did not look good. There were so many things that went wrong for him last year that I can't buy into it. If it, it – you know, for all the tropes that we hear in the spring, if those don't prove themselves to be true by midway through August, there are some names out there. You may have heard about Colin Kaepernick. That would be – I mean, you at some point, if you're Coughlin, if you're the coaching staff – uh, you you owe it to the rest of the roster, to Calais Campbell, who uh, left a nice situation to come out there and beyond. You owe it to those guys to try and put a winning team out there. And if Bortles ain't ready to go, they'll. I I, I imagine they'll make something the will happen. In fact, though, the team that will not be as good, that will not meet the expectations that the football universe seems to have for them, is the aforementioned Tennessee Titans. Hmm. Mike really? Malarkey. Mike Malarkey. His high water mark is uh, is nine and seven. His first year in Buffalo and 9-7 and seven last year um, in Tennessee. He is not a, a winning NFL football coach. The idea that because, well, now he'll be able to, he'll be able to integrate the uh, pass-catching weapons that they've added to their ground-and-pound style is, is a little bit of a reach for me in a division that includes the Texans, a resurgent Andrew Luck, and the aforementioned uh, Jaguars. See, the difference for me with, with when it comes to Malarkey, you've got Marcus Mariota. If he can stay healthy... Everything, all the concerns we just mentioned over Blake Bortles, it is the complete opposite with Mariota. And adding Corey Davis, I think Corey Davis will be an absolute star this this season and next. It's going to take a little bit of time maybe, but that was the right weapon to ask. And I think you've got Dick LeBeau on defense. You have an actual defensive backfield now. I, I, Logan Ryan is going to be fantastic. Adoree Jackson, they talk about, is like a, one of the most athletic cornerbacks drafted in a while. I, there's there's there, pieces on defense. There is a little bit of deja vu here, too, because this was the same conversation everyone had last year, and by October, they they were spinning their wheels before Mariota put it together. And then the other thing, to the malarkey point, um, you know, he got a lot of credit last year, and I think he deserves a little benefit of the doubt coming off that, but when they hired him, everybody thought it was a terrible hire, 
and he had never had any sustained success in the NFL. He does still have something to prove that he can now take a team, not just to being a cute almost there team, but getting him into the playoffs and make some noise. Well, we haven't even mentioned their offensive line either. I think the Titans' offensive line might actually be better than the Cowboys' offensive line. They have five starters that, and not one weak spot on that line. Jack Conklin was awesome, and he was a rookie last year. And then you have Tyler Luan on the other side. They're both strong in pass protection and run blocking. They're fun, I think, too. I think, listen, they are fun. John Robinson has done more than any GM in the AFC, arguably, over the last two years to change that team. They were a train wreck before Malarkey took over. They were an absolute train wreck. They changed their identity. And I just think, listen, they, they've started to prove it. They won nine games last year. That, to me, is like that's the building block. That's the season that says you can win games. And the quarterback has to stay healthy. He well, does. Two years, know, two big injuries. He needs to stay healthy or everything kind of goes by the boards because we see, you know, they can't get it done without it. Great respect for the Hall of Famer Dick LeBeau, but the, the idea, again, so you're talking about bringing in two fresh corners to play in what he the way he schemes things. Look at look, guys do not walk in and immediately play effectively in Dickie LeBeau's uh, in, in in his scheme. They just don't. They're, that that they pride themselves. Dick LeBeau has this weird pride that that um, seems to ignore the free agency period that you only have a three or four year, five year window with these kids when they walk in the door. No, no, no. It takes, it takes a couple of years to get used to the system we're running here. Well, is that really a great strategy? You don't want to make it easy on these kids? Not I, the idea that a Dory Jackson walks in and is immediately a dominant uh, corner for them is, uh, is overly optimistic in my opinion. I'll throw another team in the mix. As here. talented as the kid is. Um, although the, the new GM is getting, a lot of hype and 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 a lot of people are congratulating him on on a nice early run uh in in John Lynch. I am interested in the 49ers, a team that I don't think I don't listen, I don't think they are a Super Bowl contender at this point, but I think a lot of people are under the impression that you know, they they'll be better than last year, but they'll still be a total a- also ran. I think Kyle Shanahan's was a huge hire considering how down everyone was, especially in the Bay Area, but nationally as well, how down everyone was on ownership uh, and York family up there that they were able to get Kyle Shanahan. And then this Lynch, the Lynch hiring, which we'll see how it plays out, but so far so good. Did they maybe actually hit a home run in this whole reboot, which is the dream for every team that's trying to start from zero? And I think Shanahan's another good example of a guy that he is now jumping into the head coaching position at the right time. Sometimes these guys uh, get, uh, like the offensive coordinator up in New England, Josh McDaniels, they get it too soon. I think he's bounced around a little bit. I think this is the time. I think Brian Hoyer is a guy to watch well, this year. I think Brian Hoyer is going to have a nice season with Kyle Shanahan, and people are going to act crazy, like shocked by it, but I won't be surprised at all. Here's why we shouldn't be. We need be... to save that drop, too. All right, do it. I don't think we should be totally shocked if it does if they if they overachieve because you look back that the last time Hoyer and Shanahan were paired together was in Cleveland and they started the season 6 and 3. People forget about that early year that early success they had that season, but they dominated the Steelers in one game and it was all about Shanahan's scheme. He maximized Brian Hoyer for as long as he could until the whole thing fell apart. They lost Alex Mack, the offensive line went to went to and then at that point, you had nothing. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Carlos Hyde, I think, could be very successful in that offense. He's an excellent coach with running backs. Defensive line, you got DeForest Buckner, Solomon Thomas, the first-round pick, Eric Armstead, you just signed Elvis Dumerville. There are pieces in place. To just suddenly map them out for a 2-14 and season is, is a little lazy. I, uh, you know, I, I don't agree with you about Brian Hoyer necessarily, although that's a great uh, call on, on what uh, Hoyer did with those Browns a few years back. I, to me, the irony is, I, listen, I think you can, you know, really almost flirt with the playoffs if things break right within your division and out, if you have, they have the makings of a really dominant defense there, which is how they got to where they were about six years ago. I, the, to me, the irony is, and I, I bet you if you hooked up uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch to a lie detector, they would they would both say, yeah, I wish we still had Colin Kaepernick. That would really be that would really be what would well, uh, make have, us though. competitive. <laughs> they, they, they could. could I don't think I don't think you politically could walk. I don't think you could walk into, into Jed York and and company and say, hey, guess what we're doing? We're bringing seven back. <laughs> yeah, it's more <laughs> of a get away with that one. 
I don't know. He's got a lot of rope right now. But you're right about Carlos Hyde, the most undervalued high-end talent at running back in all the NFL, and they throw in Joe Williams out of Utah. Now they have a little bit of what uh, the Falcons had going last year with the with the uh, tandem backfield. Connie, you got one for us? Um, well, I originally was going with the Jags. Okay, does anybody else want to throw someone? I'll throw out one that I think is going to be better. Again, not a playoff team, but I, I think the Chicago Bears actually have a chance. Do, I think really? they I think they did themselves no favors PR-wise in the locker room and, and beyond with their first-round pick. But I think Mike Lennon ends up with the gig. I think he'll he'll be there. And that, listen, that offensive line was destroyed last year. What they can do, and, and you saw what Jordan Howard did as a rookie, now add back those high-end pieces that they have on the inside of that offensive line. They're going to be able to bang teams offensively. And on defense, John Fox in this year, if you look at his – uh, trajectory with teams. I mean, he's now going in to the right time frame where that defense is going to be real. Uh, that's going to be a good John Fox defense. Now they're not going to be eleven and five or anything, but I bet you they're about around eight and eight, which would be a major jump for. Uh, wow. What concerns me in Chicago is that if it doesn't get off to a positive start and things start to get ugly, and let's say both quarterbacks struggle, both play and both struggle, that the whole thing coming out of the draft was that they didn't even really share with John Fox what their plans were with Trubisky until That's a couple weird, hours before. Right. Because it, it, it basically it comes down to they thought that John Fox would talk to others and they couldn't trust him to keep his mouth shut. It's sort of was That's the, weird. But that, that just tells you, I don't like these teams where it's only June and the GM and the coach are both under a tremendous amount of pressure. And there will be some pressure if Glennon really struggles to put Trubisky in to see what you have. Why not if they, if they bottom out? And then suddenly the season floats away. If everything goes well, 8-8, eight and eight, a lot of teams would go 8-8, eight and eight, so that's not a crazy thing. I guess thing. that's not an outlandish prediction, but I do think that, well, that they will look back. that would be a successful year. They'll look back at the end of uh, around Christmas of 2017, and then they'll do it again in five years and then in 15 years, that they took Mitchell Trubisky over Jamal Adams, who about 15 years from now he'll be wrapping things up and they'll be talking about how he's about to get a gold jacket. Really? Game. Yeah. Maybe, I, I, don't know, I don't know if he's going to have a ring on his finger. Hanzu, that's your concern in between. What happens in the in-between? Well, I'm looking at their wide receiver core. I mean, they're going to run the hell out of the ball there. Kevin White, if Ke- you know, Kevin White's in year three, but don't forget that people were talking about him versus Amari Cooper. Right. It's been injuries that have held him back. Okay, good talk, guys, uh, and we will have a similar conversation but with you know, a little twist on NFL Network up Ooh. to the minute. Uh, the twist being that it will be about 12 minutes shorter. Yes, and Sheck <laughs> won't be here, things like that. Uh, before we go, I need, you know, this is something I don't think it was. It, we had settled it, so let's now bring him on the phone. He is uh, a correspondent from the U.K. living here in America. Handsome Hank. <laughs> and work things out now with Dave Damashek. Uh, Handsome Hank, and on some levels, disrespected in a big spot. Your thoughts, Henry? Wow, um, what an introduction. I wasn't expecting Dave to actually be be there. I feel like I would have been able to talk more freely without my boss um, being able to overhear. Um, but, my uh, boss, yeah. rubbish! But I do feel, I do feel uh, like, you know, on, on, on Tuesday I was very excited, as I always am, as a collaborator with Dave in his creative endeavors to join him on his podcast, and I arrived, and um, I was shunted aside by, I'll be honest, um, three far superior broadcasters, and Dave, um, <laughs> but uh, it was it was a little, uh, you know, upsetting to discover after after moving my schedule around that, uh, that I was no longer needed. Who was um, the gatekeeper that wouldn't pull back the velvet rope for you at the door that day? Um, well, I mean, it was Emma, but I would ne- never put that on Emma herself. Cause Thank she's you. Really, you know, having been in that sort of head writer for the DDFP role right. myself, Hanson was our really head writer all, for all three, four days. From from Dave himself. How about the idea, Henry? And I don't know if you were told this that uh, a reason why you didn't fit in was because there's only four chairs in here. Although routinely on our podcast and around the NFL podcast, we'll have five chairs, no problem. Let's get the dialogue going. Let's have fun together. Not exclusionary in any way. Your thoughts on that? Right. Well, I mean, Dan, that's why I really like you because you're a guy who can find creative <laughs> solutions to problems. If it's four chairs, like I've got two legs, I could have stood. 
you know that that's that's really that's how I see myself is as someone who can come up with uh, with. This is this. It's this. Uh, it's situations like this. Stoking these fires. This is why Sydney didn't take Kansas as her favorite <laughs> member of the ATM. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, as a male, do Hi, you? I, hello, Henry, and uh, nice to hang out with you yesterday at the game. But I know we're not. No one's. You can't ask this question. But do you? Did a little part of you feel like I'm being marginalized because I am a male in this situation? Hmm. Uh, no, look, I'm fully supportive of uh, what Dave was trying to do. Yeah, why are you such a misogynist, um, handsome? I think that's what Sessler's asking. I don't think that is what he's asking at all. I think he's given me an opportunity to prove that I'm not. I don't um, think that you are necessarily, but please speak. Uh, no, I, I, was, I was excited. To, I, honestly, I can't wait for the podcast that Dave, Colleen, and, and the crew created because I look forward to listening to it. I just was... Honestly, a little selfishly, I just wanted to sit on it, in on oh. it, and, and hear it all happening live. Oh, that's so sad. I, I feel bad. I'm playing the sympathy card. <laughs> Please send strawberries. Wait, Henry, your take on Damashek's uh, continuing uh, impression of you, which which at times reached fever <laughs> peak yesterday it? during the Dodgers game. <laughs> Uh, it, uh, it's not improving, hasn't improved since, uh, he first tried it out in December, 2010. Like all things, and, Dave, that's pretty much it. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Henry, about as good as it was going to get about 28 years ago and that's it. Now deal with it. <laughs> Henry, um, real quick, what's the name of that thing that Cowboys use to, uh, get the, the cattle, they throw it, it's like a rope. Colleen, I think what you're talking about is a lasso. That's a lasso. That's, yeah, no, that's it. Good. Okay. That's, that's what everyone calls it. All right. I know, everyone. Henry, Henry, you have to uh, do some fatherly duties now, but uh, thank you for calling in and just kind of, you know, clearing the air a little bit. That's good. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, as always, you've managed to clear the air, Dan. You're that guy that, that uh, straightens things out. <laughs> He's a man of peace. That's, he yeah, that's what he does. <laughs> We're sending him to the Middle East as soon as uh, Kushner exactly. steps aside. I Dan's can't do worse than it. that guy. Uh, all right. Thank you, Handsome Hank. All right. Good to speak to you guys. And I don't want to embarrass Handsome Hank, but a, a prominent uh, member of NFL media, uh, I don't want to say who it was because I don't want to embarrass her. Uh, oh. But when she did see Handsome Hank in the lobby at the at the summit, um, she she let out a gasp and said, "Handsome Hank!" And it was it seemed to be that she was impressed that Henry really is that handsome. Like I, he's I, earned the nickname. I think he that seems to be the reaction he gets from from multiple females. I totally get it, and I see the contrast between. Uh, myself and others enter the room with a zero response from females at all. So it is there is a contrast that's quite striking there. Dan, I think it's the same person who told me every time she sees him now, she just screams handsome Hank at him. Hello, Larry. I mean, there's, uh, there's legs there. It's nice. Nice to be handsome Hank. All right. Dave. Dan. Um, the Dave Damashek football program still trucking. Still going. I know. Still going. Can you believe it? Two it's enough times already. a week. It's a video show. How much longer can we? I mean, how much longer can we stretch <laughs> this thing out already? Uh, yes, you get it already. You have a stupid oh voice, God. and you like uh, things that are black and gold. <laughs> yes, go home. Leave us alone already, would you, Dave? You're into that. If you're into the Steelers, the NFL, fruit, the game uh, of life. That's what we cover. Life. We don't just cover the game of football on DDFP. Understand? The game we, come, of life. We, we tackle the game of life, which you might even go so far as to say is even more important important than the game of football that's what some we would say some would say so check out the ddfp if you're not already doing it and uh of course the the heat and the light podcast that as well yeah i mean it's that's coming at some point too. when yeah you know, when is that starting did it start it already did start it did Ouch. start but uh i when, was where it started listen one thing connor have you listened and I did, already what connor and you're i did an episode behind hold on what connor and i did <laughs> was we were like, let's just do a project that, that we have zero expectations for. We put zero preparation into, and once we post it, we do not look back. Worked out for Seinfeld. Well, we have, we've, the, the listener's response, I would say, at best, is split. <laughs> so we're fine with that, though. That means, everybody, I can't wait to listen. there is a 50% chance that you will love it. That's the way I like to it look at it. means it's 50% chance assuming. you'll like it. And, uh, yes, the throwback <laughs> podcast with my buddy Bob, that is on iTunes. Check that out. Uh, next time you hear from us will be Tuesday. Greg will be back, and we'll dig into more of this Miko Grimes feud and continue to pl- plot our counteroffensive uh, against the wife of, of the 
uh, Bucks cornerback. Uh, we will not go quietly into that good night. Uh, thank you, Emma, for your expert work behind the glass. Great job. Good job, Thanks, wow. guys. I appreciate it. First time like, ever. And, you know, a perfect game, kind no, of. No, she did. It was amazing work. Uh, and the, how quickly she got Hank on the phone. I'm just like, wow. And if you're thinking big picture, like career-wise, where do you want to be in five years? I think I just think that's a good thing to think about. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to start thinking about it. She's the head writer of the DDFP, you know. <laughs> oh, yep. God. She's much loved by our guests, much more than they enjoy me. I mean, you should say after after I, people I leave it. the show, people leave the show. They tweet back a day or two later. I love Emma VP. What about the guy whose name's on the show? No, it's all about Emma VP. Yeah, that's why it's great to have her. <laughs> um, I appreciate it. She's a star. Thank you, Emma. Uh, and the shield tonight, uh, 9 p.m. Four and two. I sent the message to the, the troops last week. We responded with a 21 to six victory and we got to keep it rolling. 21 six. They yeah. look they look great. They're, the two games I've been to, I don't know what's happened the other times, but the two that I've seen. You don't play. play? No, I don't play. Are you going really? tonight? No. Well, we'll see. I, you know, I, I kind of, I burned through some stock on the home front by going to the game <laughs> yesterday and showing up to my house. Uh, Why don't you play? I do not. I cannot see for starters, and I cannot wear contacts. Like if the ball would be coming at me. It's like sort of a white fuzzy thing that would probably just hit me in the jaw. Problematic in a, a hand-eye coordination-based game. I yes. All right. Anyway, so yeah, let's go. Shield, uh, Colleen. Thank you. Yeah, of course. You're a queen. Let's go home. Lean. Lean. <laughs> My uncle Ed Nike called me that. Lean. I like that. <laughs> uh, so Dan Hans is signing off for the Sizzler. Shaq. Connie Fox. And MVP behind the glass till Tuesday. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to reuse hotels and resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.